Wait for it. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. That's right, he is Loki of Asgard, burdened with glorious purpose, and we are Jim and Chuck of Midgard, and we are no longer burdened with theories, at least not right now. And this is the Loki Lounge, the unofficial Loki after show, brought to you by your good friends at the Active Geek Podcast and Active Geek Productions. And Chuck, let's just get it out the way right now, my friend. Spoiler alert, because I don't know if I can go a minute without saying I told you so. So let me ask you this. How big of a smile did you have when he showed up because I'm si- I'm I'm sitting there watching it and the door opens and you know we said spoilers Jonathan Majors is sitting there and I'm like oh Jim is boned up right now let's n- not erect there was no boning um I was the door opened and I was very happy um for once because I di- we didn't get Ralph Bonard if we're talking about boned up I didn't get Ralph Bonard and I was ex- I was excited because I was like, all right, how are they going to play this? Jonathan Majors pops up, and what we get for the finale of a series that we've watched, right? The season finale that we watched, the episode called "For All Time Always," we get basically a three man show. You know, of course, you know, yeah, that's the yeah, and, you know, you have the scene with Renslayer and and Mobius. You have the scene with Mobius and B fifteen at the end, and you know, there's other players at this, but the majority of the forty minutes that we watched was. Sylvie, Loki, and Jonathan Major's character, He Who Remains, right? So, yeah, so He Who Remains, we have him, and and that's it, you know? And I, the main thing about it was, like, how is this going to dive into the Kang story? How is, like, which version are we getting? Are we just going to go with this great Wizard of Oz type character? Uh, that does exist in the comics, and we'll talk about him a little bit later. But are we going to get this character who just goes by he who remains? And at first, I was like, no, there's no way. You know, he's going to say his name's Victor Timely, and this is just a an alternate version of Kang, which is now variants. But we didn't get that. But what we got was so much better. Like this was such a great episode. It was a great finale, and then just to like watch throughout the whole thing going through the credits like there's something there's something else just to get that stamp that it's coming back for season two i was i was so pumped so give me some of your thoughts on this because uh you know not a lot of easter eggs in this but i feel like we're going to spend a lot of time talking about um jonathan majors and you know the future of kang the conqueror i'm glad they put him out pretty quickly in the episode um we didn't like i kind of thought it would have been whoever it was uh I was not sure if it was Kang, and I'm glad it is. Well, not Kang. A version of Kang. Yeah, um, I mean, this is, it's a, a Kang. Version, a, it's just a version of him. It's a variant. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure. So the whole time, like, one, we talked about this off air, but, like, I stayed super off of social media, and I really didn't throughout this series, and I didn't see much spoilers, but this one, I was like, we know someone's showing up. Who? I didn't know. So... The whole episode, like, I'm thinking they're going to show whoever it is the last five minutes, and there you go. Um, and he he came in, what, nine minutes in? First off, we know that Miss Minutes is directly working with him. Um, d- did I not say that in episode one? I said yeah. that Miss Minutes was the eyes and ears. I had thought, first thought for Ravona, and then I said for the timekeepers. But, yeah, she's... A much bigger character than than we imagined in this, you know. Albeit, yes. you know, 
still a cartoon clock. Yeah. So when and she would just be like, "Look, we'll cut a deal." You know, he he said he'll let you live and in the same timeline. And the first thing I'm thinking is Loki's dying. The male Loki. Yeah. I'm like he's going to sacrifice himself so Sylvie can be the Loki and and because we talked about this last week, we didn't know if it was getting a season 2. No. No, and you know, we didn't know what was getting a season 2. It was talked about that this and Falcon and Winter Soldier was getting a season 2, but we didn't get confirmation. So, I'm thinking and we talked about this too like Sylvie could be the Loki going. Yeah, through. and we also talked about I said that I believed that there was treachery in the waters and that one of them was going to turn on the other. And you said, no, that love is genuine. And she turned on him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we'll get to that. Um, but so when there, when Miss Minutes is trying to cut the deal, like all I'm thinking is Loki's dying. Okay. And, and, I, and I said that to, I was like, he's going to die. And she was like, no, we can't. I'm like, yeah. Because, like, I thought this could be the end of the series and just move on and Sylvie become the main Loki. Um, and then, you know, they get past Miss Minutes and the door opens and there's Jonathan Majors. And the first thing I, I said to my wife, I turned to her and I said, Jim's smiling right now. As I was, because I was super proud of myself. Because it's not, it wasn't a Mephisto. It wasn't. You know, uh, in all three series, we've had so many predictions and so many fan theories and different, uh, you went down rabbit holes and stuff like that. And this one you got right. Again, dude, they made the breadcrumbs pretty obvious in this one. You know, they weren't, they they, they weren't playing fast and loose. They were like, this is probably going to get the Kang. You probably know it. But we were still like pleasantly surprised with the reveal because like once they showed the Citadel, like you know we were t- I was talking about the one above all through text messages then and now, yeah. um, you know you had said it kind of looked like um, Constantine's castle. I said that it was Doctor Doom or it could be you no know, cast- Castle Nowhere with um, with Kang and yeah you know, we got a little bit of both little hybrids of everything. But uh, super happy man. He Jonathan yeah, Majors I- really just like. What a week for Jonathan Majors, right? His series gets canceled, Lovecraft Country, after one season, um, mm-hmm. unjustfully. Um, I don't believe that that should have got canceled. So his season, MB15 season, got canceled. He gets the season that got the show got, that got canceled, eighteen Emmy nominations or Golden Globes, eighteen. That's ridiculous. Like I saw that, I'm like, so they just canceled one of the highest. Emmy nomination shows. Canceled. It, it'll go to Netflix, dude. It, it's That's going to get picked up somewhere. Uh, and then he debuts in Marvel and just shows us that, like, this dude is a legit actor. Like, the way he just portrayed himself and he's going to be ha- – he's going to have to play so many different versions of himself. Oh, my God. Like, I cannot wait to see this. And also, speaking of, you know, nominations, two-minute cameo, Dom Cheadle gets a a nomination for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Did he? I didn't see that. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know why I got it, but I'll take it. And yeah, shout out. I'd rather somebody from the MCU get it than somebody who doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. Anyway, back to this. Go ahead. Um, so like, I thought he played the character great. I didn't particularly like the neurotic type of character that he was. Um, oh, I loved it. 
Oh, this, I thought this he character was, was I thought amazing. He, I thought he was great. I thought he did a great job. But yeah, but like to let's talk about the neuroses a little bit. This is a man whose only companion is a talking clock. Of course, he's going to be paranoid, neurotic, high strung. Like you have to have that type of person because he's not. He's the wizard, right? Yeah. He doesn't talk to people. Like he controls people. He plucks people from the timeline. He's playing God at this point, and of course, he's got to be a little egotistical a little narcissistic a little naive a little paranoid he's got to be that guy if he came in here as kang and or iron lad or you know Amortis, i think it wouldn't have have been as good because you needed that you know neurotic guy who's talking to two people you can't trust you, know, you need that you need that character to introduce him to be like you're gonna see me again like he said see you soon and then just know that you're going to see that face, but you're going to see a different version of that face. Like, I feel like we're going to see, like, six versions of Kang. Yeah. And so this version, he, he never said his name. He Adam. said he who, he who remains. Well, I mean, but he said at one point he was a scientist in the 30th century. That's Nathaniel Richards, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, he also said that he was a, a king. He also said that he was a conqueror and made a big kind of stink about that, referring to Immortist and, and Kang. So he, he's really just kind of showing you, like, this is what's happening. And he showed through that, like, that little the great scene with the miniatures, just explaining, mm -hmm. like, kind of the the birth of the multiverse, the birth of the Council of Kangs, the war of the multiversal war, and then what's to come if you, you kind of fidget with the... The timeline, which they did. Sylvie just couldn't hold it together. And it was the moment, you know, obviously, like, in the heat of the moment, I've never been at a point where I need to kill somebody. But you kind of feel terrible, right? Like, you can't, you're not thinking straight. So Sylvie kind of had to, gave me the same reaction that I felt when Star-Lord beat Thanos up moments from them getting the gauntlet off. And then just initiating the snap you know it was very much like that because there's bigger ramifications for one action well her action was a loki reaction an action like pure selfish um like and he said he said he said you kill me worse is coming yeah and like even for someone who you know loke uh, tom hiddleston had a great lying where he's like i'm a loki he's a liar i'm a liar but i believe him you know just for like some self-actualization there and to realize like this guy is telling the truth there's bigger ramifications for this it's like um there's a comic where steven uh steve rogers meets kang in the, the council of kangs and he goes you can't kill millions to justify something there's like means to an end and kang's like the council of council like kang's like no one here cares and it was very much that's what sylvia was like you know i don't care no one cares i'm gonna get this sappy loki out of here and i'm gonna kill you and we'll deal with it when we deal with it and sylvia's kind of trapped in the multiverse right yeah and at this point but she has a temp pad so she could probably just get out and and that's the thing like she you know all she could see is right in front of her she couldn't see the bigger picture and yeah. It, this show was everything that I wanted. And, like, 
the thing it it this sets up everything. everything. Yeah, I mean this. Everyone's saying that you know um, Black Widow was the the beginning of Phase Four, but I believe that this is the this ties into yeah. everything because we've heard about the multiverse right in in Far From Home. Mysterio kind of brings it up, but now Spider Man's going into the multiverse, right? Doctor Strange's title is Madness in the Multiverse. They've introduced the multiverse in this show, the fractured timeline. This is gonna, and even kind of like throughout all like the discussion through that like explanation of the multiverse, like it gave me vibes that like this is your way in for some of the Fox properties, some of the Sony properties, Mm -hmm. some of the Netflix properties, maybe some of the Hulu properties. Like, are we gonna get weird Modoc who's divorced and struggling with his family? I hope not, (laughs) but I. Of anything, I'd like, you know, we're getting the Sony properties, right, with Spider-Man, but this could bring in Punisher, Jessica Jones, and and stuff like that, and more of that stuff that we'll talk about in our next episode, because I have some theories about the, you know, Marvel and what's happening, but this episode was just so, so good, and just the reveals, like, when B-15 goes back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt's high school, Mm -hmm. and shows the you know, the real Ravona. like that was a big moment when they get to the end and Loki's like, you listen, you guys like, almost caught him like a, what do you call him? Natasha and in, in the, and the Avengers. But when he's just like, you're sniveling Quim or something like that. He's like, listen, you idiots. Like there's nothing we can do about it. Like we have to get to work. We have to try to fix this. And on Wilson's Mobius is like, who are you? Which department do you work for? So like, yeah. The game plan has changed, number one, but also, like, Loki's kind of in the clear because nobody at the TVA knows that he's a variant, Well, right? Yeah. So he could go out and do whatever the hell he wants. I think the biggest thing is when they said that, they pan and the statue changed. I mean, everything changed. The level numbers changed. Yeah. And it's actually Kang. Like, it wasn't that version of Jonathan Majors. It was legitimately Kang. So he has the comic book accurate kind of suit. Well, the... the the statue, I'm so, sorry, the statue, to me, that was just Jonathan Majors. It didn't look like Kang. No, he had armor on. I, I still seen his hair. Like, I, to me. Yeah, well, he didn't have the helmet on. Okay. But in the that miniature war that we saw, mm-hmm. they had the Kang armor. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, no, I've only watched it once, so I didn't, okay. I, I didn't catch it. Yeah, you know, the, the guy, had the one that's jumping with the spear coming down, he's in full Kang regalia with the, the helmet on. Which is amazing, obviously. I mean, and the Easter eggs, when you go back to, like, one of the timekeepers, like that fish-looking one, he had Kang's armor on. You know what I mean? So even though it was a robot, it was just an extension of what he sees himself as. You know, he sees himself as an alien who has, like, this crazy-looking face, albeit, you know, when he looks at himself, he sees Jonathan Majors. But he has the armor, he has everything like that. But the thing about this is, like, the one thing I need to say about this is... This justified turning a villain into a hero, right? They did this. They played the long game. Marvel played the extreme long game with this where even in the, the real timeline, the MCU, we saw Loki go from hero to anti – or uh, villain to anti-hero to kind of being redeemable, right, after Thanos kills him. This one we get villain Loki, anti-hero Loki, and hero Loki now. He's like – moving into the MCU as a hero. 2012 Loki's now going to be a time hero. 
you go to what Fox has done with Mystique, right? That's the only other kind of thing that I could give you. Mystique and, and DC's with uh, Harley Quinn, but Mystique is a longer game. They really just kind of pushed it. We got Jennifer Lawrence, let's push it as fast as we can, and they ruined that character. Oh, totally. If anything, they turned Loki, who, if you're not a Norse mythology follower or like you're not like this like born again viking or like a deep journey into the mystery comics right not a lot not a lot of hardcore thor fans out there let's be honest the mcu and tom hiddleston who gets the majority of the credit has turned a tertiary tertiary character into an a-list character and an a-list actor and a guy who auditioned for thor has had kind of more screen time than thor the yeah. the main avenger so i mean it goes without saying that like we've talked about chris evans and you know paul rudd and rag um, i was gonna say ragnarok um chris hemsworth robert downey jr like we talk about them as perfect casting tom holland chadwick boseman we talk i could keep just keep going but we talk about that right this is the best one of the best castings in film in general yeah and you know, he, like you said, tertiary. Loki is a household name. You know, people know who that is. Even casual fans know who Loki is. People are trying, like women, are changing their religion to so they can go to Valhalla <laughs> and meet a frost giant. Also, back to the frost giant a little bit. Um, when Loki was giving the blanket to Sylvie, mm-hmm. they're both frost giants. They don't get cold. That was a smooth move on my man. That was a smooth move. Just going to say it. <laughs> All right. So anything else kind of stick out to you before we kind of jump into the Easter eggs, which really are just more discussions of Kang? Um, no. Like, really, the the thing that I – so was I wrong with him being Nathaniel Richards? No, no. I think if you if you look at – I confirmed it with you. I said yeah. Okay. Um, when you think about the three big Kangs, right? Mm-hmm. You think of Kang the Conqueror, you think of Immortus, and then you think of Nathaniel Richards, Iron Lad, 31st Century. You think of those three. So they were the three that you had to drop. Um, You could go into two more. You could go into like Victor Timely. You could go into uh, Mr. Griffin. But I think what they did was they gave you the Easter eggs of what's to come, right? They gave you his three appearances. They gave you, in my mind, I think we're getting... Kang in Ant-Man, Quantumania. And I think we get Iron Lad in Fantastic Four. That's your main baddie. And then you set up Doctor Doom later for the Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Kang, if let's say Immortus isn't the one that we want and they go Kang later, Kang is your Avengers 5 if that movie ever happens. He's your Avengers 5 uh, villain, in my mind. I can see. Yeah, Kang is definitely you know, big enough for the next bad. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's the conqueror, you know, and Loki, you could deal with Mr. Griffin, you could deal with Victor Timely, and like these subsidies, these smaller alternate versions of Kang and just build your way up, like mini boss, mini boss, mini boss, big boss, big boss, Bowser, and it's Kang. Now, if if you didn't know Jonathan Majors was cast as Kang, would you know off the bat who that was when the door opened? Me as a comic book fan or me as a casual viewer? A comic book fan. Like, 
Uh, yes, I would have because uh, it goes kind of with my Easter eggs a little bit. Okay. Um, those outfits were very reminiscent of uh, two Kang comics. Uh, one of them was uh, Avengers West Coast number 61. Um, he All he was missing was like a, a weird medallion on his chest or a helmet. Um, and then one that I'm really familiar with is a book that I like is Young Avengers number five, where it's pretty much spot on to that, you know, kind of. He looks like a vagabond. You know what I mean? Like a very just fat, like he is sponsored by Fashion Nova. Now, do you think he'll be blue eventually? Yes, I do. Uh, if not blue, I think he'll be a grayish color. Yeah. Kind of like the what the models had depicted and what the statue depicted. So we'll, we'll see. All right. You ready for some stuff that, uh, that I kind of picked up in this? And I'm sure you did too. Yeah. I mean, this one was kind of just like right there in your face. This is what's going on. Um, let's start with just the opening, honestly, with all the quotes, you know, you got, you got a ton of the MCU quotes, right? Mm -hmm. Um, which honestly, I thought I was hearing voices when I was watching this. I was like, oh my God, I'm schizophrenic. Like I thought I was just having hallucinations and I was, I was a little worried because that's just how they happen. Uh, but anyway, you hear all those, but then you hear like Greta Thunberg, you hear Nelson Mandela, you hear so many more like iconic people's quotes and i was like that's going into like something crazy like i couldn't wait um then you have like all the colors of the the cosmic world that he was in the citadel was in right and they were purples and blues and greens and i was like wow i looked at chelsea and i was like this is all kang's colors and like i'm saying to myself like these are kang's colors like this is this is absolutely amazing but even before all that like when they did the preview right so there's a scene where um mobius is telling loki in the preview and it was i think like episode four or five where he says you can't be king like you're never going to be king and that like when they showed that like i was like oh man this is king loki we're finally getting king loki and obviously we didn't get king loki but i thought that was cool let's go to the council of kangs uh it's very similar to uh in later in the comics um to the council of the reeds which was a bunch of Reed Richards. Uh, I think it was like a Jonathan Hickman storyline where it was just Reeds from every dimension. And you know how Reed Richards is, super arrogant, right? Yeah. And uh, just kind of socially awkward. Just imagine being in a room with like 45 Reeds. I would kill myself. But <laughs> that was very reminiscent to the Council of Kangs. Um, so when Sylvie's getting ready to go kill Kang, or Jonathan Majors. I'm, I'm going to call him Kang for for all it's worth. Um, when he's going to kill him, he teleports a lot, right? But there's this one where he teleports behind them laying down and he's just like scoffing at them and giving them just like this like, you're never going to get me, right? So it, it reminded me of way back in Superman comics with Mr. Miss Pislik, right? Where he would just like antagonize Superman and his Justice League by disappearing behind him and like winding up in like this bizarre p pose, but Kang also did it in Avengers 8. He teleported behind the Avengers and just like was laying in midair and just like, haha, you'll never get me. So that was very cool. Um, Kang the miniatures, again, the comic armor. I, I implore you, Chuck, to go back and check that out because you'll see it and you're, you'll geek out. It's the one jumping. Like it's the, the highest one. You'll see him. He's got the helmet on. I'm like, oh, good God, this is going to be amazing. So the Citadel at the end of time is what the castle house was that we we saw within the multiverse or the center of the time stream in my mind um that exists in the comics 
most importantly, and we see it in Thor 246, uh, he who remains sees two characters walk through the Citadel at the end of time. Do you want to take a guess of who those characters were? Uh, I don't know. Okay, so it's in a Thor comic. So let's start with the main character, Thor. Uh, and it also saw Jane Foster walk through instead of uh, Loki and Sylvie. But, you know, the love interest between Thor and Jane Foster, the love interest between Loki and Sylvie, the weird, you know, parallel I love myself. Yeah, narcissistic love. But that love is extremely parallel to Jane Foster and Thor. Again, two characters who have wielded Mjolnir. So it is kind of ironic, like two Lokis, two Thors, they fall in love, uh, albeit uh, you know, Odin's son and Jane Foster are completely Not the same person. people. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of poetic. Um, in the comics, he who remains in the comics uh, founded the TVA and oversaw the TVA. So they they stuck pretty true with that, with what uh, Jonathan Majors was saying. Like, I needed to make this. You know, there's tons of different versions of me who are much more dangerous. Like, the one we got was the sacrificial lamb. And you know, like, I feel like it's all an inside game. Like, the Council of Kangs were like, let's send he who remains there because he's the weak one. You know, he's the runt of the litter. Let's get him to get killed. He's neurotic, paranoid. Let's get him killed, and then we can come in there. Because if they sent, like, Nathaniel Richards, he would just be like, talk everybody out of it through science. You know? Uh, let's see. Rebecca Tormanay uh, is the name that we see on the diploma at FDR High School. And in the comics, it's actually the name that Renslayer takes after she discovers that Kang is no good and betrays him. We don't know if Renslayer knows about He Who Remains. We don't know if my theory from last week is going to hold true that the next version of Kang that shows up may be a variant that has crossed paths significantly. Maybe a uh, love interest with uh either we'll go with ravona or rebecca whoever they want to talk about again the big thing about this episode in my mind is the birth and the explanation of the multiverse yeah oh, definitely. it's sa- yeah and it saves you time from explaining the multiverse and how it was born blah 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 in M- madness in the multiverse as well as spider-man no way home so i think that that's a great thing and then kang's clothes again reminiscent of west coast avengers and young avengers so it was uh, not a ton of Easter eggs. I've only watched it once late last night. I got, an e- I got a text 3.46 in the morning on Wednesday from good friend of the podcast, Dion from In Club Magazine. And it was just a gif of just Chris Pratt's head exploding. And I knew what I was setting myself up for because Dion and I have these conversations that could, could turn into episodes, right? They could have been episodes, but... I had to wait until 9 o'clock that night, dude. And it was just just trying to avoid social media was oh, no. hard. I, I, but also, like, I put my phone in, like, airplane mode for, like, most of my day. Well, I, I was really happy that no one texted me. Um, I Normally, I have in the past uh, text friend of the podcast Dan and be like, hey, I haven't watched it yet. Don't tell me anything about it. Um, and he didn't. He was good. Yeah, I actually recorded with him yesterday um, before I watched Loki, and he was like, have you watched it yet? I need to talk to you about it. I was like, no, no, no. Don't talk talk to me, or I'm canceling Cage My IQ from the Active Geek Productions <laughs> family. So 
Uh, it was a great episode, man. I'm, I'm going five for five. Wow. I cannot wait for season two. I know we got to wait like probably two years, three years Yeah. for it. But what I read on all of these fun sites that like to theorize like we do and usually get everything wrong, there's a report that Tom Hiddleston is going to return in Doctor Strange Madness in the Multiverse. I saw that. And I wouldn't be mad at it. I would love, 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 and I don't think it's going to happen because I think she is strictly a Loki character for Sofia DiMartino to show up further down the line and maybe Thor or something else. Who knows? If it's Love and Thunder, who knows? Maybe she pops up in that universe because it takes place in the 80s. I think that would have been amazing. Yeah, um, but we'll, we'll I, see. we're definitely seeing her again. And I, when you said two, three years, I think we're going to get it next year. Uh, shows normally, No, I don't think next year. Shows come out once a year. Mandalorian has been coming out once a year. I think we're going to get it next year. So how's that going to work, though? You have Ms. Marvel. You have Moon Knight. She-Hulk. You have, what, Armor Wars, Ironheart. Um... Let's go with the other shows that are out this year. You have WandaVision season or WandaVision won't come back. You have Falcon and Winter Soldier season two. You have Loki season two, probably Hawkeye season two. Like that's seven shows, man. They're not going to do a show a month. You think? I don't know. That's that's wild. I at least give it two years until after like Quantumanium comes out. And that's what twenty twenty two. I believe so. I think that's the next next year's phase. Mini phase, phase 4B. And who knows, man? You could get a Yelena show. You could get so many, like D23 and stakeholders meetings could be coming up. San Diego Comic Con, although I believe Marvel skipped it this year. They could announce like 45 more shows. Yeah. And I wouldn't be mad. Listen, I don't watch a ton on Disney Plus. I do. I, I watch, I know you do. Um, you just watch stuff to punish yourself sometimes. Yeah. But like, I'm not watching Turner and Hooch. I'm not watching big shots, but I did watch Mighty Ducks and I watched the Star Wars stuff and they're about to, you know, launch 9,000 series and I watch all the Marvel stuff, but I don't find myself going to Disney Plus unless there's a show there. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice for them to put a Marvel show, Star Wars show on every single month so I can enjoy it. Get my $5 worth. <laughs> but that's it, man. Um we're not done talking with Loki, talking about Loki because next week we're going to break down Black Widow. We yeah. saw it. We're going to talk about it. And Loki connects to that movie, and I want to talk about it. And I want to see if anybody picks up on it by the time we get back to it. But that's it for the Loki Lounge. We're going back to Wednesdays every week. Like I said, next episode is Black Widow, full review. Then we're probably going to talk about some trash movie, Space Jam, and then we got He-Man, and then we got What If. We got a bunch of stuff coming up, but follow us on social media, the Active Geek Podcast. Listen to Galaxy Wars every Monday. We are going to do a full dive into the finale as we did uh, with our midseason review on Galaxy Wars. Listen to Cage My IQ uh, every single day. Um, I'm on it every Thursday for previews. Dan does a live show on Mondays at 8.40 on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook under the sports box. So check that out. Listen to us on Monday and for the Active Geek. Or listen to us on Wednesday and for the Active Geek podcast. I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out. <laughs>